You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this new and exciting episode of the Limitless Career Podcast. I'm so excited to have our special guest here today, Katie Murray. Hi, Katie. Hi, Jazz. How are you doing? I'm really, really well, thanks. How has your week been? My week has been good. It's Friday and I'm feeling it. It's been a four-day week, but I'm feeling it even though it's only been four days. I can feel it in my body. I'm ready to rest. How about you? Uh, very, very similar. At the time of recording, we've just um, we've just had the Easter break in the UK. Um, so even before hitting record, we both kind of commented on the smushing or squishing. What was the word that you made up? Because it was brilliant. I think we should share it. Sco- I think I said scooshing. Scooshing? Scooshing. There we go. <laughs> Squishing, squashing, scooshing of all the things into four days when your brain thinks you have five and it's already Friday and you think it should be Tuesday. It's that sort of feel. <laughs> essentially, essentially that time is a vortex at the moment. Time for and space. <clears throat> so before we dive in with all of this excitement, um, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, so I'm Katie Murray. I am a leadership coach. I also lead a diversity, equity and inclusion consultancy. So I run my own business. I am a recently published author of Changemakers, which is fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm involved as a speaker and a mentor to other young people as well. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Plus mum of two, wife, partner, daughter, friend, sister, all those other roles that we hold in our lives. I love it. And I think it's so important to mention that because we're going to dive into your book a little bit. And I, I I love when I see people just own their whole context, right? We're not like one dimensional beings. We're not just one thing. You may be, we maybe have met under one context, right? We may be showing up in one context in any given moment. So whether you're showing up as coach or you're showing up as you, but definitely in this space, all, all of the things all of the fingers, all the time. Oh, welcome. <laughs> exactly that. So one of the things that's really exciting is happening right now at the time of us recording is you have just launched your book. Can you just give us an overview in what that book is and I guess who you had in mind when you were writing it? Mm. So the book's called Changemakers. So I'm calling out to anyone who feels like they want to be someone who makes a difference in the world and that they influence. And I believe that is all of us, actually. Um, And then the subtitle is A Woman's Guide to Stepping Up Without Burning Out. So it's also centering women's experience and centering our journey as we navigate the workplace, whether that's bias and barriers that we experience, and also that kind of inner work that we can do around who who am I, what's my inner dialogue, what are my desires, what do I love to do, where's my joy, 
how do I um, connect with my body? How do I care for myself? Why are 42% of women apparently in the last 12 months saying that they're experiencing burnout in the workplace? And what's that actually about? So the book blends this um, system awareness, it working in workplace systems, with also that Mm. individual awareness of like, how can I care for myself as I navigate and I don't think it's ever just about the individual or just on the individual. It's always for me about how how does the system need to change as well. So the book is really encouraging us to be that change maker wherever our sphere of influence is to say, how can we disrupt this? Because it's really not working in these particular ways. How can we create something where all of us can thrive? So I talk about power and privilege. I talk about using our voice. I talk about how we can be collective with others and what a sisterhood look like. How do we really collaborate with other women? We're usually socialized to compete and compare, right? But collaboration mm. is really powerful. So all of these aspects are are in there. It's kind of like a pick and mix where you can dive in, find something that speaks to you that day. And I've threaded in throughout all of these, what I call power practices, which I've used throughout my coaching practice over many years now and with many different clients to support us to sustain our um, well-being to center our resilience and to build our resilience so these power practices blend psychology and spirituality and emotional well-being to give us some really small kind of easy quick win ways not extra things on our to-do list but easy ways Mm. to build our well-being into our day-to-day so those practices are throughout and they're, they're good fun to dive into they're like practical exercises as we go along I love that and there's one that particularly stood out to me um, and it was an exercise around our emotions and this was really interesting for me because as I read the book um, and even when I first had the title it took me all the way back to my experiences in corporate real estate mm-hmm. And the energy that I would expend pretending to feel one way when I genuinely felt the other and being socialized to believe that only certain emotions are appropriate in the workplace, Mm -hmm. even more so if you're a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And you layer that in with, you know, intersectionality. So your identities, mine being as a black woman, Right. And you you label that layer that in with the biases that we face that you address wholeheartedly in the book, which is amazing to see that in context. Um, But going into the emotion dashboard was really, really interesting Mm. because it's something that I love as as a fellow coach, which is giving people the space, giving them the permission to say they're there. Yes. Let's acknowledge them. Let's they check have some in. data Let's, for you. Yeah. This is it. They have yeah. something for you. They're not just there yeah. to be like thrown away or like sorted like laundry, like unhelpful, helpful, unhelpful, mm-hmm. helpful. Um, let me just crack on and just cherry pick the ones that I want to well, present Well, and who's today. judging what's helpful and unhelpful? And what I hear in your story there, Jazz, is often it's our environments and our context mm. that are telling us what's acceptable or not acceptable. And our identities, of course, play into that. So... Yeah, that whole thing about, you know, I, I hear you sort of bending yourself out of shape to fit in. Mm. And we, we've mm-hmm. all done that, haven't we, to varying degrees and in various spaces that what have I had to kind of quash and quell and diminish about myself in order to be acceptable, perhaps even to be safe in this in this context, in this environment. And so 
a lot of that is about emotion. And I think also it's about opinion, perspective, <laughs> viewpoint, voice, um, so much that we potentially just have to put away or pop make palatable for others and as you've mm. used that word socialize and that conditioning that we have around did you say conditioned or socialized one of those two yeah. that, that that shapes how we um it's so internalized that we don't always even see that this is just a construction isn't it that people mm. have just made this stuff up but we are living and feeling like we must and need to live um aligned with that what did you what did you love about the emotions dashboard what did that reveal for you I think for me, it made me realize how important it was for me to find the language for stuff. Mm. So it reminded me of, um, how do I explain? I was listening to a podcast essentially, and somebody was explaining how they were being, they were a little bit worried because their child was getting up in the middle of the night and saying, I'm going to come into your bed tonight because I'm feeling sad. And they were worried that they were doing something wrong because they're like, oh, my gosh, my four-year-old is feeling sad. Yeah. What's going on? And they consulted the experts who basically said, these are feelings that they felt for eternity. They felt all these feelings, but now they have the language. So it's not anything to be worried about. It's just that they have the language to articulate it. And it reminded me of the emotion wheel, which is a tool that I use with my one-to-one clients because quite often we don't express how we're feeling because our vocabulary for it is limited or indeed going back to the socialization right we're socialized that let's use an example when you go how are you we're kind of socialized into probably three or four template answers (laughs) I'm fine can't complain or I'm busy we can say busy right so that's another easy one to say yeah yeah as opposed to saying you know being a little Mm. bit drained right? Overwhelmed. That was how I was feeling last week. And that word just hit on the head. It wasn't, it wasn't busy. It was something different. It wasn't stressed. It was something different, right? It was, I was overwhelmed. And once we can kind of put the language on it, what's quite helpful there is it just empowered me to then articulate that when Mm -hmm. somebody was asking me, how are you, right? My partner, for instance, what's going on for you? And it's like, I'm actually feeling this, which I think might be connected to that. And then this and that. And you just start threading the needle. (laughs) And it's that moment of reflection and also that moment of what I'm hearing there is tuning in. You're actually checking Mm. in with yourself and taking that moment to say, actually, how am I? Like, what is going on in my body? What is going on in my heart? What am I feeling? What is nagging away at the back of my mind that I've just parked there? what am I thinking about this situation? Maybe I haven't really processed mm. something that's happened this week or what's stirring deep in me that I can't quite put my finger on, but something's rumbling. Like all, <laughs> there are all these layers, right, to our consciousness and our being and how much we pay attention and tune in to that. Mm. And that's what I'm hearing in, in what you're sharing there, that that moment to reflect is so, it, it gives us that kind of deeper connection with ourselves, doesn't it? And an ability to be perhaps more present and more authentic with kind of where we are in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a hundred percent that, and it's something that we can sometimes get quite disconnected from. So when we want to achieve a certain thing or we want to create some sort of change within ourselves, even before changing it with someone else, it can feel quite difficult because the bit in the middle is missing. How do you feel? Oh, I'm frustrated. I keep, you know, forgetting to do this or not finding time for this. And it's like, well, in between there, let's check the dashboard and see what's going on. 
Yeah. Right? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling scared? Are you worried about the task? Okay, let's go from there and see if we can build a bridge back to you, creating the change, transformation or the action. Um, and I think it's so important that we we feel comfortable, we feel safe doing things like that. That was one thing that stood out for me throughout your book is that in a very nerdy way, I could tell that a coach wrote it because it's like, we're going to reflect like morning. <laughs> it's a lot of so reflection questions. Book, we're going to reflect. <laughs> we're going to ask ourselves some questions here. We're okay? gonna, oh, there it is. We're going to go deeper. We're going to go that, deeper. You know, and yeah. exactly like you said at the beginning, you've written the book in a way where, you know, you don't have to do it sequentially. Mm. You can you can dip in and go into that point of need. It can be your sort of break glass resource um, for figuring stuff out. Um, but yes, definitely be prepared to get to know yourself. <laughs> that was the huge thing. And I want to ask, I want to ask a question a little bit around the logistics of book. Mm, sure. Because I identify as somebody who wants to write a book. I'm in the process of writing it. But for many years, my story around book was it's something that I'll do one day. Mm. So I'm curious what that journey was like for you. Was it something you always had in your plans um was there a particular moment when you thought okay this is how I want to get this message out or how I want to share what was that journey from beginning to end mm, okay that's quite a big question <laughs> I'll take a breath so <laughs> no it hasn't always been part of my plans yes it that the articulation of thoughts and ideas and what I would call coding of wisdom, thinking, learning has always been part of my work in the world. So really from quite a young age, I was involved in working with groups, in learning environments, in facilitation environments, helping leaders to grow, helping people to um, develop and stretch. So that idea of like what resource will help you was something that I was doing in my early days. So I can see that thread throughout my career I didn't think I'd write a book about it, but I, I was creating training workshops or creating coaching sessions or there were there were ways that I was creating resources for pe other people all through my life, really. So that's definitely been a theme. And then the writing piece, like how detailed do you want to go here, Jazz? Like the, the writing <laughs> piece, it was probably now about six or seven years ago when um, my, I'd had my kids and they were getting a little bit bigger. Um, I'd been doing lots and lots of travel in my consulting work. I'd really been growing my business. And I had this sense of my own voice kind of bubbling up in me somewhere. And I knew that I wanted to write. So I had this really deep sense of I, I need to write things down. But I didn't know what I wanted to write down. So it was a really odd, for several months, it was like really frustrating. It was like the sense of sort of bubbling energy but I didn't have anything tangible, nothing, there were literally no concrete words at all. I wasn't writing anything, but just a sense of something needing to come out. And I was really ill one, I tell the story in the book, actually, I was really ill one Christmas and my family were kind of like foraging for Christmas dinner because I was literally like kind of flat, couldn't move off my bed and um, came out of that illness with this real stark sense of, and almost like kind of voice in myself, like who am I waiting for permission for? Who am I actually waiting to say to me, yes, you can communicate with your own voice about things that you care about? And I don't know whose voice that was, but there's sort of authority figures in my life who was, I, I felt like I was waiting for some permission. And that morning when I'd been ill and I kind of came out of that dark place, came up, it was like this sort of into the light moment of like, wow, okay, 
I don't need to wait for anyone to give me permission. And that was a very striking morning. And that night, I remember the kids went to bed. I sat by the fire because it was still winter, put the fire on, got loads of snacks, sat down and wrote 3,000 words. They just literally came out of me. And I can't even really remember what those words were. But that day was like, I kind of see it like the sort of bottle stop and the cork and the bottle like kind of popped off and all of this creativity flowed out. And from there, my business, my new business grew. I, from there, you know, all the collaboration that came out of that with my business partner at the time and creating content together and, and, and then by myself, creating work in the world that was kind of my own rather than before I was facilitating other people's conversations and I was holding space for their conversation. Now I still do that work and I love that work. But I also now I'm kind of, I guess, saying this is what I think about things and I'm going to put that down. So I can track it back to there. Um, if that's useful, that wasn't a book, but it was like the beginning of a process of articulating my own thoughts. And then I can see that the book is really like a series of really small steps. Like it's never been, I'm going to do this. And then it's this big, big project. It's It's been lots and lots of small pieces that have come together and that I've built on with some intentionality of course and kind of with some determination and I've had to show up for it um but it hasn't been five years it's been like all these different things have have come to this point I'm happy to share more about you know what those different things are but that's kind of how I see it like lots and lots of small moments of choice rather than like a big decision to write a book it's been more like okay I'm going to connect with this person. Okay, I'm going to work with this network. Okay, I'm going to write this proposal. Okay, and that's how how it built forward. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned throughout that journey was about voice. Mm. You know, you can communicate with your own voice. What has that kind of meant for you? Mm. Like finding your voice, your particular articulation, your intention I think it's still coming. Do you know, I I don't think it's even like, here it is, it's done. I think that's ongoing work for me and perhaps for all of us. There's a sense of what is it I really think and what is it I really want to say? For somebody who's spent so much time bringing together other people and enabling other people to have their voice, that's essentially my work in the world. Mm -hmm. So it is. it's felt really new for me to step into that space. It's felt really good as well. Like there's definitely connection and um, there's there's joy there for me. Definitely there's there's a sense of like, yeah, this is what I want to say. This is what I'm really passionate about. And and that that is energizing for other people and that's engaging for other people. And that's how we, you know, we then connect, isn't it? We, when we share yeah. our own stories, our own perspectives, our own kind of, our own calls to action, we're connecting with others. And that's, that's really exciting. I love that. That's one of the things connecting with others is, is a huge part of my why. It's something that keeps me mm. kind of going. It's the thread. It's definitely the thread between um, my day job and my business. Um, and something that we were talking about before we hit record was um, I had the great pleasure of attending one of your book launch parties mm. um, and was just commenting on how familiar it felt in the room. And, you know, although there may have been new faces in there, it was just such a space of vulnerability. Mm. And for anyone that's 
sort of listening that definitely wasn't there <laughs> like I don't know I think I sort of rocked up expecting you to read like tons of sections from the book and we raise a glass but it ended up being quite a very strong point of connection mm. it was kind of towards the evening in a lot of people's day we we checked in from again that emotional point of view you know a word mm. to describe how you're feeling um, and uh, Lara Sheldrake and Sonia Barlow, who you had alongside you, just shared quite openly on their journeys, mm. not only in business, not only as, as you know, self-professed change makers, um, but as women, as humans mm. yeah. who experience things like disappointment, who experience yeah, things yeah. like stress or, you know, the very burnout that we're really trying to educate ourselves around yeah um and remove from the story right we want to yeah, kind of yeah. remove it from our journey so that we don't have to have these stories of well as part of my success I absolutely depleted all of my resources emotionally so, physically and health wise to kind yeah, yeah. of get there we want to I create love that, that new you, paradigm I love that you were there Jasmine. and I love that you enjoyed that and I'm doing a series of these different parties but what I want to say about what you shared is I think there's something for me that's that's mm. the space that I love. I absolutely love spaces where women are able to show up in all of their brilliance, in all of our mm. bigness, in all of our ambition, in all of our beauty and the kind of sparkle. And because that can be like, that's rare actually to find a space where our ambition is welcomed and other women are not threatened. So that's, that's yeah. the kind of space I love to host where I'm not going to be threatened by you when you show up with all of your hopes, mm. dreams, bigness. And also we can show up with our vulnerabilities, our challenges, our adversity. And as women, I think we're a little bit more comfortable with that, actually. We're a bit more comfortable with let's all, you know, let's share what's difficult, what our struggles. What I'm what I'm doing in a book launch is slightly different, but in the spaces that I'm hosting for women in in group spaces, it's saying, bring all of that. And we're not gonna compare and we're not gonna compete. Mm. We're gonna really hold space for one another. And what's that like? Because we're not used to doing that. It's quite new. So I love that you got a flavor of that even from yeah. the book launch. Because it there was a a real tangible sense of that in in that room as well, even though we were It virtual. was like a connection circle yeah. that just so happened yeah. to have you as the host yeah. and your book as like a a, a, a point of celebration. But mm. um as someone who's been to your group coaching sessions and your workshops before as well I, I knew that it was a KT room <laughs> when I came in there I knew That's it was a KT so room. That's so lovely to hear and I, I'm going to receive that as part of that voice yeah. piece that we just touched on in terms mm. of like what's the na what's the flavor what's the what's the yeah what's the feel of this and um that's really lovely thank you for that feedback yeah you're so welcome I love it and you know going to what you said about you know showing up in your bigness and showing mm. up with all the ambition and I think you know what we're doing there with that almost radical vulnerability is we're rewriting the math and this is something that I'm just making mm. up on the fly but my brain is going to this space of I think historically and I felt this way as well that somehow if I showed up to a space and I showed up in all of the shiny glory and the I did this and I did that and this is my idea that somehow the formula would be good things less bad things equals the truth mm -hmm. right so the moment I share vulnerably I have no clue what I'm doing over here in my business or yeah. undercharged over there blah 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 mm -hmm my brain was doing the comparison math of yeah. whoever I'm talking to or presenting to is now thinking I'm less 
this of will undervalue me in some because way because of yeah. the bad stuff mm-hmm. or you know that sort of and I, and I meet so many people that do that calculation and it's sure I mean that happens let's be honest that's that's real <laughs> yeah no it's literally that's going that. on and we do it to yeah. others and that's yeah. exactly what came to me when you said mm. we're so used to spaces where it's one against the other there's so many times I've been in meetings that are meant to be 30 minutes and they end up being 45 or an hour mm. because as soon as one person is proud of their achievement or state something assertively someone else has to show up in that mm, same energy and then anyone everyone has to kind of do the one-upmanship and I leave exhausted <laughs> but we get we get in, we get sucked into the vortex mm. of well this is what it means to perform in right. this space and this right. is what it means to be presented as confident and to therefore to succeed yeah this is it those yeah. are the rules that I have to yeah. play by oh there's a senior person on the call well I can't not throw my mm. hat in the ring for this um and creating spaces that are full of enoughness Mm. right show up in all your bigness Mm. or just show up in support that's still you being more than enough in this space um I think is so important and it's empowering especially for those of us who identify as ambitious because everywhere else we go in the world, we're kind of taught to kind of hide that side of us. Yeah. We're taught to put, insert a few ums and ahs. You can't Play answer the down, question, yes, no, smaller. I <laughs> want that, I want this, this is mm-hmm. the number, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that shrinks us in so many spaces. Mm-hmm. So having a space where we can do that is is so important. And again, going back to that connection piece seeing others who present in that way and going, oh my gosh. Well, it opens up the possibilities, doesn't it? And we see, we see what might be possible for ourselves, not because I want to do it like you or like Mm her. You know, that's my, that's the challenge I put into my groups. It's like, this is not about comparing with one another. It's about what does, what does the fact that she's showing up in that way open up for you? Like what, Mm. what does that open up in your brain, in your creativity, in your ambition, in your desire, in your compassion, in your anger that's then going to fuel you like what does this what does this stir for you and and then let's celebrate you and cheerlead you as you step into that um so yeah. I think when we watch other women when we're around other women who are unapologetically ambitious and also not doing the one-upmanship game which we've been socialized into playing like that kind of success game we're modeling something really different. It is quite countercultural, isn't it? Now that we're talking about it, it's like, this yeah. is quite, it's quite unusual and it's, it's precious when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Just Jazz Private Coaching, the six month one-to-one experience for high achievers to carve their unique and limitless careers free from overwhelm and underwhelm. With challenging and curious coaching, we get knee deep in all the things getting in the way of you having a hell yeah career instead of a career that feels meh. If this sounds great to you, book a call today at justjazz.co forward slash coaching, where we will map out the what and how of working together. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, and I guess this is just stepping away from the book a little bit, I want to dig in a little bit to your career journey on a whole because we've had conversations about multi-passionate multi-hyphenate journeys what what has your career journey been to this point so I talked about the facilitator piece the Mm. holding holding rooms for people and I've always been someone from early early jobs where I've had like 
flip charts and post-it notes as part of my life in terms of like group sessions and the creativity of learning in a room together has I've been really fortunate to have that really early on in my in my jobs so I started in HR and people focused roles doing um hiring and like some kind of basic HR admin those were my very first jobs and there I realized I love the people stuff I didn't particularly like the kind of personality bits but I love the culture and leadership and change and transformation bits so I moved Mm. into that kind of organizational development area and studied in that at the same time was doing quite a lot of volunteering in my local community so um, I'm working with voluntary organizations in my local community so I was kind of doing multiple jobs at that point and working with young people working with in community development so all those themes again that have stayed consistent with me around inclusion around who's in the space who has the power who who are the stakeholders what's Mm. the conversation those those kinds of things were again quite early exposure for me and then I planned to go and work in India which is somewhere where I'd worked uh, before as a teenager um, in my late teens. And then I couldn't get a visa because of where the government was at at the time and various things that were going on politically. So I ended up staying in the UK, but choosing to do a role that would enable me to have that kind of international perspective because that was where I was really curious about working in that space. So I did a job that had, that supported, I think we were working in 80 countries and yeah I think it was 80 countries and I think one day I thought I had 300 leaders in my remit and then um, one day I had a conversation with the chief exec who told me that I had 4,000 leaders in my remit because they'd realized that in all of these countries there were lots of local and kind of national regional staff also as part of those teams so it was hilarious because I went from kind of this you know relatively large amount of people that I was (laughs) connecting with to in my mind at that time an enormous amount of people that I was connecting with so I had to learn really quickly about how to sort of scale up, like how to resource people globally mm. when it was just me. Like, what was I going to do as one person where I kind of was really overwhelmed for a while? And then I could see, like, where's the energy? Can I think about this systemically? How can I think about all the connections here across the organization? How can I think about how we really leverage that and where there already is momentum? How can I get behind that? So, all those sort of systemic complexity kind of (laughs) ideas um I kind of geeked out on that for a bit and was in that learning and development role for for a number of years absolutely loved it traveled loads got just wonderful exposure had really brilliant experiences and then came back into a commercial consulting role so shifted gear at that point quite quite significantly and went into a job where I was responsible for a significant proportion of the bottom line, where I had to have that really commercial brain, and also was jumping into lots and lots of different client systems to do management development, leadership development, cultural transformation, those pieces. So I was was managing lots of multiple projects, loved the diversity, loved the variety, and it really stretched me. That was a real shift of gear and a massive learning curve again you know Mm. similar to what I'd done in my early 20s and then my probably my third big shift was uh, moving out of London moving out of um, the south of the UK moving to the northwest of the UK had two little kids at the time these are sort of my quiet hill years was the idea of being kind of in the hills with my children you know sound of music and all of that idea which 
didn't really last too long. I enjoyed my maternity leave, but basically it was like, I'm going to set up my own business now. Um, And then that's been the last 12 years of running my own coaching and consultancy. So that was probably the last quite significant shift that we made as a family and that I made um, career-wise. And then, yeah, things have emerged um, through that consultancy process. But yeah, those, those were the sort of three stages I would highlight from my career journey. Wow. Love it. Love a career journey. I can't journey. believe I've just that done that massive spiel. <laughs> I know, but I love it. I love it because I think all too often, and I find this for myself personally, that I learn new things every time I tell the story, but I don't quite often tell the story or we don't quite often have the time, you know, at a networking event or a coffee catch up mm, to be like, oh, yeah. remind me of your entire career journey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of, a, it is a big, a big story. Um, And I guess it makes me super curious. What are the things that you learn about yourself throughout that journey, throughout those changes and those shifts? Mm. Well, as I tell you that story now, what I'm noticing is the threads that were there right at the beginning and that have just been dialed up. So I would say for everyone listening, there's something about like, what are the things you love and what are the things that really energize you and give you joy? And I know you talk about this jazz a lot on this podcast and it's in my book as well that's such it's so important that we connect with that so whatever it is you're doing can you just maximize the joy Mm. I just I feel like I feel like I knew that inherently I didn't always do it but I think if I was looking back and chatting to my 20 something self I would say just find even more joy and I definitely squeezed a lot of joy out of those out of those decades but I would I would say that that I can see what I've loved and what I've enjoyed and how it's really grown and multiplied in my career so that would be a thread and I can see that I've learned that about myself um I think yeah and then some of the other common bits like I love variety I love the diversity of things like people will quite often say to me well in early days of my consultancy they would say well when are you going to go and get a proper job which by which they meant when are you going to get an employer who, you know, and work nine to five? Cause they saw me in these multiple projects, you mm. know, some days going for walks in the middle of the day, cause I wasn't working on projects and some days like working 16 hour days because, yeah. and, and all that fluidity and, you know, 12 years in, I'm now like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm, this is, this is what I do. I, I, I love that portfolio mix <laughs> of things and <laughs> it's a this is how we roll. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't, want to do too many 16 hour days that that isn't a thing um that I particularly value Mm. on any level Uh, but that sense of diving really deep into a project with an organization getting under the skin of a team and working with particular leaders being kind of all in in their corner supporting them cheerleading them and then I'm done like you know then the work is done and I I leave and we check in and we stay in touch but I'm not there for the next 10 years they get to live that and it's my job to resource them and then kind of move away and same in coaching relationships you have this beautiful connection and, and mm. intensity of support and I'm pouring so much of what I have and what I can give for that individual and at, you know I care so much about them at the same time I don't care they can do whatever they like it's their life and yeah. I don't have any skin in the game and and actually they're free to do what they choose to do and I'm I'm here as a support for that I, you know I love that work as well and then the group spaces that we've talked about where we're doing transformational work around equity and anti-racism and inclusion work and transformational work around women's development specifically that is so energizing for me so 
I guess I'm sharing with you that what I've learned about myself is like these are the things I love and mm-hmm. that's how I stay energized and then you have the you know how do we avoid burnout piece which you know maybe we can come on to because there's Definitely. I'm someone who can just keep expanding and keep generating Definitely. and that has a dark side <laughs> as well um so this is finding finding careers that suit your personality isn't it and suit your preferences and strengths and the way that you love to operate in the world and that will be different for, for everybody listening in um yeah and I definitely think this is a perfect time to dive into burnout because it's something that I'm I'm looking at I support clients with I have had experiences mm. of mm-hmm. off the back of exactly what you just described I am going 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 and because it energizes mm. me or it's things that I love yeah I'm just doing it to excess and with abandon of any principles of boundaries and mm. time in some sense. And I think as and, entrepreneurs and as as women that lead our own businesses and, and have that sense of like we're commissioning ourselves, aren't we? Like mm-hmm. no one's commissioning us to yeah. do this actually. And of course, you know, we each have particular clients that we work with on particular projects, but overall we are deciding ourselves and choosing ourselves what it is we want to give our attention to. And similarly with when we think about like our change making, our contribution in the world, like what do we want to give our energy to? that is an infinite list of possibilities. Oh, yeah. Like there, that is comp- really could be completely boundaryless, which, again, depending on your personality, I think allows people to feel quite energized by that or like completely <laughs> overwhelmed by that because it's like, it's too much. Too much choice. So yeah, how do we, yeah, reduce and, and focus because, and not be overwhelmed and kind of suffer the impacts of burnout, I think is is such a key question for, for people who are kind of multi-passionate and, um able to be energized by by their challenges yeah and that's a huge part of you know that's something that you address in the book for those that are listening what would be some of the things that you'd maybe recommend or suggest if you suspect that you're approaching a point of burnout or or maybe you're forward planning right you're going into Mm. a season that's exciting and you might go into this all-encompassing space of kind of getting towards burnout what do you want to I guess say to listeners that maybe you could mm. help them put things in place or yeah, when you're again, in the midst big, of it. Yeah, thank you. Again, big question. I, I want to name the system piece first because mm-hmm. I think often we say, oh, women, you need to be more resilient. You need to <laughs> stop yourselves getting burnout. Can you just, you know, keep working harder, please, and keep being mm. all things to all people and keep being not enough and keep, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just call out all of that BS in terms of our capitalist patriarchal white supremacist system which means that we are conditioned and socialized as we talked about at the beginning of the conversation so let's just name that and park that for a moment um that's so important because I think we can also get into a blame and shame cycle around around burnout when we're like am I not strong enough or am I not Mm. you know capable enough or am I not taking enough breaks or again we're into that kind of enoughness aren't we like I'm not enough I'm not able to do this I hear that so often from clients and I can experience that myself too it's like if only I could dot 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 then I'd be able to do even more and I think we need to step back from that and call that out for what it is and that actually that never-ending moreness is also not healthy for us so there's something for me about choice and focus. Like, what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I desire? What is it? And that's that connecting with myself piece that we've already talked about today. Yeah. What's really in my heart that I want to contribute? And of course, we also have other responsibilities and caring responsibilities in our lives that we factor in as well. And and 
actually, you know, what can I let go? Like, what do I not need to take on? I think so there's, there's bigger kind of questions about what is it that we're feeling that we're taking on? And can we do a little bit of <laughs> the laundry sifting? I'm thinking of your analogy from earlier. It's like, that does not need to be in my basket right now. <laughs> um, can we, can we start there? And then I think in terms of like day to day practices to support us, I, I think a lot about my battery. Like if I think about myself holistically, as you said earlier, spirit, mind, body, soul, every, every part relationships, Mm. where am I at in my battery? And I use that as a little checker. So how energized am I today? How topped up am I today? How drained am I today? We started this conversation by saying, Oh, it's it's Friday on a four day week. I'm feeling quite drained. I'm probably 20%. Now we've been talking. I'm much more energized. It's Mm. really energizing me having this conversation. So what are the things that can top you up what are the things that can drain you day by day and get really tuned into the granular nature of that so that specific person or that specific task drains you okay or that particular person or that particular task tops you up okay again it's not a formula here but that can give you loads of data about what you're actually experiencing again back to your comment early jazz about are we really connecting with our emotions are we just kind of ignoring them because we're having to push through yeah this is about really noticing and then I wanted to say something about seasons because I think again culturally we're wired and we're socialized and we're in this system of a to z logical push through keep going hustle kind of idea or set of ideas and actually which is quite linear and it has kind of quite a linear perspective on time yeah when actually if we can rethink that bit this has been quite revolutionary for me to think about it more in cycles as I'm doing with my body language <laughs> like going around in circles and think about ourselves as being cyclical which of course as women when we are bleeding or people who bleed that's that experience monthly that monthly cycle we see it in the cycles of the moon. We can track with the moon if that's your thing. Mm. We see it in the cycles in nature, in the world around us, that the world is not, nature is not constantly in summer, constantly go, 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 go in these really immersive, full on generative experiences. Nature does a bit of summer and then nature goes to autumn and winter and then back to spring before summer again. And when I work with clients on this, there's real revelation around, oh, actually, I'm constantly pushing myself to be in spring and summer like ideate new things and deliver new things I don't need things deliver new things and I'm completely missing out that season of autumn which is let me just bring some detail and make sure we've dotted the dotted the um i's and crossed the t's and got all the bits of this project finished or what's the learning we can get from this project or what do we need to finish off before we start the next thing and push into the next thing yeah and then we need winter which is like the ground is still and the seeds are under the ground and it's quiet and there's there's a death of sorts it's recovery it's healing it's rest and it's quiet before the shoots start pushing through the ground and spring comes around again and if we're constantly pushing into summer well we know it's not sustainable it's not a sustainable place to be we need those times of autumn and winter in our daily weekly monthly yearly cycles yeah so I wonder what resonates about that. I mean, you said, you know, some tips about avoiding burnout. Those are just, you know, it's multi-layered, isn't it? And there, there's a few thoughts there, which which I hope will resonate with people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the seasons resonated with me because mm. one of the things that I've been noticing over the past, I'd probably say the past year, 
it's just allowing myself to go slow without freaking out and going, mm-hmm. this is not on brand. I am a go, go, go person. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always doing, 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 um, and actually learning to rest in that today I'm not doing, or in fact, this weekend, if I feel tempted to do, I'm going to put it on a post-it and I'm going to leave it alone. Mm. And learning that both things can be true. (laughs) I I can be go, go, go. And I can also rest. Well, and this is how we pace ourselves for the long haul. This is how we stay sustainable. This is how we make a change-making contribution that is lifelong. It's not Mm. just like a big burst and then we're done. So So I think that's super wise. I love the I'm tempted to do this, but I'm just going to put it on a poster and pick it up another time. I think that's, yeah. I have to. That was literally me last weekend. That was my assignment that I went Mm -hmm. into the bank holiday with because I'd spent the week feeling so overwhelmed in both day job and Mm -hmm. biz. And I knew that my default would be to try and push through. Exactly like you said, push through Mm -hmm. it. That's the way through. But I was like, no, I don't actually Mm -hmm. have it within me to to push through. That's not what I need right now. What I need is actually just space, space, space and more space. And Tuesday that's how you're topping up your battery. That's how you're replenishing your energy. That's how you're resting and healing. You're, literally, your physiology mm. need, needs that. Your brain needs all of the parts of you need that in order to be able to then pick up and 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 have a have a kind of equilibrium going forwards. If we yeah. if we find ourselves and you asked me that question, like if we find ourselves like let's notice our own symptoms around this, right? So we all have different patterns of behaviour that will indicate. So for me, it sounds like we may be a little bit similar here. For me, one of the symptoms that I'm going towards burnout is I actually start doing more things. I actually start, I'm in that kind of overdrive and it's mm. a bit of a superwoman kind of complex. Of oh, like, I can and it's just dangerous keep going. not feeling it. Right. So I'm, I'm already stretched to the max, but let me invite those friends around for dinner and let me take my kids there and let me agree to that. It's like, What? And I know myself now that when I start doing that, and, mm. and my partner helps me as well, he's like, ooh, do you want to just think about that? It, it, let me just hold a mirror up here. It's like, oh, actually, that's a symptom that I'm way past my capacity, mm. and I'm I'm definitely not going to be able to deliver all of that, and I'm going to crash and burn. So rewind. <laughs> like, extricate exactly. yourself from those extra social commitments. Limit the, you know, the essentials only today, and just this is actually a time where I need to ground myself Mm. I need to do the washing I need to go for a walk I need to be in nature I need to cook lovely food I need to hug my kids you know we all know the things that kind of help Help us us. kind of come back to ourselves and come back to our own bodies and come for me to come out of that overdrive it's like being in gear four or five in a car and actually you can't crash into the weekend in gear five you need to kind of recalibrate into gear one or two and that for me that recalibration can be super painful (laughs) it's like let me choose to just be back in gear one what's going to help me to ease back there and rest there for a bit it takes effort does that resonate for you too yeah it It takes effort I I had like the partner had Mm. to go on accountability watch also had a friend that I could voice voice note where I felt (laughs) tempted to or whether I was just overflowing and she was just like voice note it to me and leave it there Mm. you can come back to it on Tuesday Mm. um and as part of that deal she didn't reply to me because we are the friends that will just spur each other on in voice note and be like oh my gosh that's amazing and you could this and you could that no space yeah what am I watching 
Where am I walking to? May I, I add to... one more thing there? Yeah. Because I think what drive there's lots of things that drive that. So the coach, you know, part of us <laughs> will want to go deeper into, and the reflective points in my book will want to go deeper and like, what's going on there? And let's get curious about that. I don't think we need to do all of that now, but there's something underneath all that, Jazz, about there's a trust piece there. Because mm-hmm. actually, if I can trust that my creativity will come back my drive and energy will come back that I don't need to kind of grasp it and squeeze everything out of it now and do it all now Mm. that I can pace myself but there are times when I will be quiet and slow so that there are times when I can be really on and out and, and trust that that is a replenishable source I think for me there's been fear that somehow that's going to be used up or it's going to be done Mm. Um, and there's some aging stuff in there there's some kind of perimenopausal stuff in there there's some like you know too old too late stuff and I've had to really unlearn that around no this is a this is a unquenchable source and it's Mm. a replenishable source and so how am I going to pace myself and that I'm still in that work and that work has been really transformative for me yeah thank you so much for that because it is, yeah, it's definitely something that I've brought into many a coaching session. <laughs> and the idea of identity, definitely the idea of trust, um, and just also kind of going back into the things that conditioned me in this session, going back to what we were talking about, right? We learn these rules that lead to success. So me just go, 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 go. And especially when that's worked for you in the past, you then have to unlearn that even though your whole physicality. There might be other alternatives here, yeah. This is it. The whole Mm. thing is just like, but that's how it worked last time. And we can try new ways. It's okay. And remember what happened after the last time. (laughs) So 100%. I love that we've gotten a bit coachy today. Um, Where can people connect with you? I'm Katie Catalyst on Instagram. I'm Katie Murray on LinkedIn. Those are the two social places where I play and people welcome to join my list get my newsletter come hear about my next change makers program would love to chat with anyone um, and connect thanks amazing amazing thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story um we've spoken about the book so much today and I I love it I think it's needed I think it's a great resource and a great tool and it touches on all of the things with such great thought um, what I'm going to do for this podcast is if you reach out, reach out to reach out to me and let me know what you took away from this episode and I'll send out three copies. So three individual people, let us know. And I'll share this with Katie as well. Cause there's nothing like, Oh, there's loving, nothing like knowing, right? We, this conversation was genuinely inspired by the book. So you want to tell us what you got from this episode or from the book. I'm cool with either one. Email me at jazz at justjazz.co and we'll send out the book so you can get the rest of the gems and the insights. That's gorgeous. Thanks, Jazz. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey um, and being here. I'm so excited for folks to hear this. Thanks, Jazz. Great to be here. What an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.